Today's content warnings for this episode include job loss, COVID-19, anti-queer and anti-trans discrimination, dysphoria, internalized ableism, discussion of mental health, and discussion of American politics. Meowdy folks, welcome to Genderful, a talk show interviewing gender diverse folks about their special interests. The name of our show celebrates that gender expansiveness is wonderful. Hi, I'm Gender Master, and my pronouns are they, them. Hi, I'm Atlas O'Phoenix, and my pronouns are also they, them. The focus of our show is to interview trans, non-binary, agender, and gender diverse people regarding their special interests, passion projects, and resources for the gender diverse community. We want our audience to know that this show is hosted by two folks who also identify as non-binary, transmasculine, neurodivergent, and disabled with the passion for telling trans stories. If you're new to our show, welcome. We're delighted you're here. At the end of this interview, we have Clouder Query, where we like to ask you a question related to this week's topic. We'd like to invite you, our listeners, to answer the Clouder Query on our social media platforms. This show is made possible by volunteers, tips, and subscriptions. Shout out to those helping us coordinate guests, edit the podcast, moderate the live chat, and post on our socials. If you would like to support the show with your time, please join our Discord server and meet the community and get a regular digest of Solidarity resources. If you'd like to catch us live, join us on Mondays at twitch.tv forward slash gendermaster. Show notes will appear in the edited version of the show on Fridays on both YouTube and podcasting platforms. If you love the show, check out some of our earlier episodes. We invite you to remember that we are whole people with robust lives, friendships, challenges, and successes. We love and are loved, and we are delighted to share these stories with you. As always, we kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of their identities. Your identities can change over time and are valid every step of the way. And if you think you're gender diverse, you are gender diverse. There are no social or medical prerequisites to be included in the community. Jennifer would like to acknowledge the indigenous peoples and unceded lands that the producers, hosts, and guests live and have dwelt upon. Today, we honor the Coast Salish, Ojibwe, and Dakota lands. We honor the elders, the human, plant, and animal ancestors of these lands and celebrate the living descendants of these people. May all beings tend to these lands for the goodness of the next seven generations and beyond. Right. So what did you all think about that? I see some of the comments in here. This is great. New intro, awesome. Oh, this is a nice intro. Yes, it's Meg's music. It's uh, Hope. So yeah, thanks again for listening to that. I had kind of a headache putting it together this weekend because I couldn't record my voice in a quiet place. And I finally sat down between my kitchen, my bathroom in that tiny hallway. And I sat there in the dark and recorded my audio. And I finally found an app that I could use to make it work. So, so it was a lot of fun when I finally got it going. Welcome to Genderful episode 73. Oh my goodness, 73. My goodness, I was in, all the way to here. I know, like I was in episode 56. What happened? Where did the, where'd the year go? This week, our guest is what? Who's our guest? Who's this person? Oh. It's me. Is it Gender Meowster? They, mm-hmm. them, is chatting with us about creating Mousters Clouder. All right, that's fantastic. Funny quip about you. Let's see here. 
I don't know, you're a very beautiful and generous person who is very stylish. So let's talk about your shirt today, since we seem to be getting lots and lots of compliments about your wonderful shirt. I think it's called the Yule shirt. Is what this was called? Yeah. So this was a present from my very sweet and loving wife. It's a, a plaid button up. I'm wearing a tie with it. I was, wow. I was worried about what to wear for the show today and Wait. the options out. You're not just wearing a tie gender. Is that a, a leather tie? It's not leather. I wish it was, but it is but shiny. But it's shiny. It's totally So shiny. you're not it's just wearing silver. a tie. It's a shiny, shiny silver. Tie. It's a purple plaid flannel button-up for those who are listening and can't see the video. Purple plaid flannel button-up. And it smells awesome because it's a brand new shirt. First time I've ever worn it. This it's is got that hour, brand new shirt. Sp- it's got yeah. that brand new shirt smell. It does. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for you. And that tie is just, sit back a little bit. Just sit back just a tiny bit. Look at that thing. It pops. It's like Versace. It's wonderful. It's so great. All right. Welcome to Jenner Bowl, me, Alistair. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) What are your names, pronouns, and special interests, please? (laughs) Oh, my glob. Okay. Uh, Gender Meowster or Meowster for short. Uh, It's always funny when you call me gender because I'm like, I am all gender, <laughs> but yeah, it's, I like, I don't know. I like Meowster because it's cute kitty little friend and I'm just a cute little kitty friend. You're just a cute little kitty friend. Yes, you are. Yeah. What are your pronouns? I use they, them pronouns and I have a multitude of special interests, including cats and social justice and being safe with COVID-19 and Pokemon and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. Okay. All right. Did you ever think that you would be interviewed on your own show? I thought it was possible. I thought it was possible, but you know, I need a co-host first, right? Well, along came Atlas. Along came me. Fun little known fact, maybe the very first episode of the show is just me monologuing to the camera. What? My audio quality is horrible. Oh my God. That's vintage though. Think about that. It is vintage. So if anyone after this show, you can go watch that train wreck of a video. I didn't have any editors. It was just me trying to figure it out. I hadn't started tea yet. I don't think so. My voice is super high pitched and I don't have this fabulous beard yet, but yeah, it's in there. The like thumbnail of the video. I look so young. Wow. It's only like, you know, two years ago, but I feel like any pre-testosterone photos, I look like a baby now when I look at them. My weight has moved around on my face and, you know, I look more wolfish. I've got more like the harder cheekbone situation going on. Wow. Just more less soft and rounded. So anyway, yeah, the very first episode was me by myself. It's nicer with everyone, right? With you hosting, with me or me producing, with... Mm-hmm. All the mods in the chat helping with the buttons and stuff and the keeping us safe. It's so much better now. Yeah, it is. Now you can be interviewed without having to do all the producing and anything else. You can just do this. This is it's great. So, so my question for you is if you had to go back, this is a year and a half. Yeah. If you had to go back to that person who made that first episode, what would you say to them? What was on their mind? What would you say to them now? I think I would say, keep at it. This is going to succeed. This is going to work. Just keep doing it. Even if it feels awkward, especially at first, even though you don't know who's going to come along and help later, 
they're going to, you just have to stick with it. And all of those, you know, that first six months of sleeping four hours a night, because I was just obsessively building this community and this entity or series mm. of entities really were like six projects in a trench coat. I feel like, <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> this yeah. is a key thing. people are like, what do you do? And I'm like, how do I put it into one sentence? I don't know. Oh my goodness. Oh my but, goodness. Yeah. I would just say, keep at it. Like this is worth doing. It's going to work. You just have to keep trying. That's awesome. This is a perfect yeah. segue into like the next question, which is what are the things you trace back to your youth that indicated that you might be trans one day? Oh, there's a lot of things. I wrote a bunch of notes last night because I knew I'd be so excited. That my brain wouldn't remember anything that happened in my life ever. I see these notes. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, so, it's, it's, it was so like easy to blank out when someone says, so tell me about you. And you're like, well, what do you mean exactly? <laughs> tell me about me. My heart is elevated and I'm smiling because I'm happy to be here. <laughs> who is me besides just general euphoria floating around but to get back <laughs> to the question so when I was a kid I wore I my mom let me pick up my clothes the rules were you can't have holes you can't have stains she's actually been a guest on the show so if you want to hear us talk more about that whole thing like oh yeah there's like a whole episode that answers this question so I'll keep it brief but there's this one great picture of me as a kid and I think we even showed it on stream when we did that episode of me in this like stripy pink and blue and green, maybe it's yellow instead of green poncho, like from Mexico with like the Mexican patterns and like hot pink tights and cowboy boots. So I was just like, like I wore what I wanted. There was no like matching things. My socks didn't have to match. The rules were no holes and no stains. Otherwise I could wear whatever I wanted. I'm so lucky that I was raised in a household that let me sort of express my gender however. That's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> great. So, yeah, you know, my best friend in elementary school was a guy. He was really into Nintendo 64. And so my very first video game that I remember loving may not be the first one I ever saw, but the first one I really loved was the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on the 64. And so, so we would play this game together and I just watched, I didn't have the dexterity to do the controller myself. So yeah. So, and honestly, I've never actually gotten through all of Ocarina of Time. I can't get the buttons down. I fired it up the other day just to get my like Nintendo points or whatever. I was like, I can't even figure out how to zoom in on this map. Maybe you can't, but I was just like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm trying to find this Deku tree. Where is it? Like I've seen it all. I've seen the whole game. Anyways, I'm talking too much about this, but we'd play, so we'd play video games and that was one of my like early bonding activities, which I think is part of why I love streaming on Twitch. But we also would play like ninjas and fighting and warriors and like knights and shining armor in the backyard. Like we take butter knives and we try to throw them in the ground. So they'd stick with the butter knife in the ground and the handle out. That was like an persistent game we would play my friend's mom we just totally destroyed her knives i don't know if she eventually decided like these are the knives for the game and the rest of the knives are not for the game like that would have been a great plan she was so forgiving and kind with all of our shenanigans so anyway yeah so i didn't play marriage i didn't play tea party i didn't play dress up i played ninjas and video games and let's eat mac and cheese and drink rc cola like <laughs> i didn't want to play girly stuff so you know then in in like middle school and high school like i had no desire to do femi stuff like i wasn't wanting to be on the cheer team i was in soccer and like the track and field team and choir and you know 
volleyball or whatever. Like I was doing sports. I was on the debate team. That was fun. I was even on the business team and I went to state for both debate and the business team. And I went to nationals actually for the business team. So it was a weird category that almost no one was in. I think that's why I made it because basically I was half competent and nobody else tried. Wow. I didn't pick a competitive category on purpose because it was easier. Anyway. So yeah, I mean, like technically I wore like a dress to prom, but it wasn't like I was excited about it. It was like, well, I have to wear something. I don't know. This is what I'm expected to wear. So I guess, but you know, if I could do it again now, I'd wear a purple suit. Would you wear this shirt? This shirt with the purple suit? Heck yeah. yeah. I'd wear a purple suit today. That's what I'm talking about. You should should check out like Karen Finch. They're a little bit pricey, but it's tailor fit and they have a great purple plaid three-piece suit. Nice. And so I'm actually thinking about investing in that next year, but yes, definitely. How has your relationship to gender evolved over time? That's a great question. Well, there's like the timeline answer and then there's like just the the ever evolving identities. So I'm going to do them in the reverse order. My, my identities have changed a bunch of times and some of it is due to HRT and some of it is due to just a deeper self-awareness and decolonizing of my mind and what's like okay to do or okay to not do. I, I, I like dated guys in high school, but it was really easy to not have sex with them. So I was like, my parents weren't Christian, but my great like rebellion as a teen, as a teen was to, to not to like start going to youth group with my friends, the Christian youth group, because my parents were like agnostic, atheist, woo woo, spiritual, new agey, whatever. And so, yeah, so I... So I was like, oh, wow, abstinence is super easy for me. Like I had boyfriends, but we like barely kissed and like it was easy to not have sex. Little did I know, I just wasn't into guys at the time. Right. Okay. So, you know, that was whatever that was. So then in 2010, I came out as lesbian in college. That was my senior year. That was a whole thing. Basically, I wrote a paper for a class about how it's okay to be gay and Christian it's like a 25 page paper. I have it somewhere if anyone wants to read that old thing, but I'd um, love to. yeah, there's a bunch of theology. There's a bunch of, I mean, I, so I majored in comparative religion, which is not Christianity. It's like the world's religions because people are interesting to me and learning about like just the different perspectives folks have and the paradigms that they walk through the world with and the different ways to make meaning out of life is interesting to me. I would say that's one of my has been one of my special interests. I still care about it. It's just not like the thing that I'm like obsessively thinking about today. But, you know, all of that work has actually fed into what I do today and I'm sure we'll get there. But so, yeah, so, so came out as lesbian. My conservative Christian relatives were not cool with it. My parents and sibling were cool with it. I had a big falling out with the, some of the social groups I was in right then because they were also Christian. And that set off a whole, I think, I feel like I've talked about this on other shows before. Shout out to my friend, Lauren Deborah, who I've also talked about all this stuff at length. I'm putting the podcast episode for me being on Lauren's show in the show notes, but Capybara and I got interviewed on that show and we talk about a bunch of this stuff. So anyways, so I came out as non-binary in 2017 at the Women's Chorus Retreat. I started using my new name at that thing. So I had my little name tag and I was like, no, I don't want this to be my name. And so I just like put a piece of tape on there with my new name and everyone started calling me that. And so I've had this really like this benefit, pleasure, luck, privilege. That's the word I'm looking for. This privilege of 
being able to come out in spaces where I'm accepted. I haven't always been accepted, right? Coming out as lesbian didn't go so hot with a bunch of people. I lost like all my friends senior year of college. I was a whole time. Between those two events, I also went to seminary, Christian seminary. There was 50 people in the incoming class. 48 of them were queer or trans. Wow. And it was a powerful space. So I really sort of reconciled this like queer and Christian thing just in time to decide personally I wanted to be pagan. Wow. <laughs> so I converted to paganism in Christian seminary while I was trying to become a chaplain, which is like, you know, there's no money for pagan chaplains. There might be like three positions in the United States that's for pagan chaplains. And I was new to being a pagan. So there's no way I was going to qualify like everyone else. All the people who have been practicing for lifetimes and generations are more qualified than me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to stop paying for grad school and switch my degree so that I can be done this year instead of do a third year. So I switched to a master's in theological studies because I just needed to write an extra paper. And then I got a degree instead of just dropping out, which would have been worse. And so I moved back to my home state and, you know, and then I came out as non-binary at this women's chorus retreat. It's very gay. The women's chorus is so gay. There's so many lesbians. Like we had like superhero outfits and the people and just rainbows everywhere. It was like a mini pride parade at this little retreat thing. <laughs> so cute. But yeah, so February, 2017 came out. August, I finally did my legal name change. I actually did a GoFundMe for, for my name change. And both of my parents contributed to it, which was amazing to have their support, like their financial support in this decision. Because it's like, they gave me the name that I had. And so now they're gifting me the name that I have now, mm -hmm. you know, like paying for the legal change of that name. It just, it feels really powerful that both of them participated in that. You know, so many people don't have that experience with their folks going through that. So I do feel really lucky about that piece that happened. So, you know, so I changed my name in 2017 and then a bunch of things happened in my life. I had jobs. I lost jobs. I started working for my dad's company for a while. And then I went on a business trip and I came home. My friend was house sitting for me and I came home and there was this weird note on my fridge. And it said, hi, I'm, I'm going to substitute trans capybara instead of person's actual name, she, her. And I was like, who is leaving hi, I'm she, her notes on my fridge. Like what? Like who's been in my house? <laughs> it turned out my friend who was house sitting was helping this other person move. And they stopped by my place on their way to the other town they were moving to because it was kind of in the middle and they needed a bathroom break. So they did it their bathroom break and checked on my cat at the same time, Nefertiti. And so I came home from this work trip. I'm like, what is this thing? And so anyway, the only person who's ever used the contact me form on my website that is now miss now doesn't exist, but it was like my first name, last name website is Trans Capybara. So she found my contact me, sent me an email and was like, hey, our mutual friend and I stopped by your house to check on your cat. Like I'm trans capybara. She heard, nice to meet you. Like, I just thought you should know that we stopped by. I thought it was weird, but he, our friend said it was okay. It's like, okay. <laughs> that's adorable. Anyway, so we just started interacting and that's how I met my wife. Quite serendipitously. Wow. Yeah. You had to be out of town, didn't you? <laughs> I had to get, you know, I wasn't looking, but love found me. It was great. Quite literally. So, so yeah, I mean, that, that whole journey also is in that podcast with Lauren, but basically I started HRT after a bunch of conversations with her about it. And it wasn't until I think it was like four days after we got married and the paperwork was all signed that I was like, okay, I think I want to start HRT. And it was like, oopsies, sorry that I wasn't ready until after you made this big commitment to me. <laughs> oh, 
I see. But she's trans, so she gets it. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so then this pattern happened again, you know, a while later. So let's see, that was March 11th, 2021. So then spring of 2022. So about a year later, we bought our first house and the paperwork's all signed. We're going out to dinner a night or two after we've been moving all of our belongings into this new house. And that morning I'd had these gay man dreams. And I was like, heck, what do I do with this? So mm -hmm. I was like, I don't have a solution. I just have this information and I just need to tell you, Cappy, what's going on in my head. And so I told her about how I've been having, you know, gay man dreams because I've been on T for a year at that point, year, year and a half, year and a quarter. And, and so then we, so I realized that I'm pansexual now, which I was not definitely not in, in high school like this. It's the testosterone has changed my brain. Yes. And so, which also I think is important for trans masks to hear about, like, this is a real thing. It's very normal to become a gay man. Even if you were a lesbian before, like when you start taking tea, this is a normal thing. Anyways. So now we're like polyamorous and tea for tea and like, it's great. That's awesome. So I, I'm just, yeah, I'm really lucky to have the spouse that I have. And she makes a lot of this genderful, gender meowstered, cloudered stuff possible because, you know, she is the stereotypical trans femme software engineer. I love you too, honey. I see you in the chat. But she's also extremely good at what she does. So she makes good money. She's been at the same company for over a decade. I don't know if it's 12 years or 16. I lose count. Because, you know, once COVID happened, all the years were started running together and I can't keep track anymore. Hashtag blessed. That's right, Spires. So, so yeah, so, so I am really sort of lucky and privileged to be in this position where, you know, I lost my job in, in 2020 because of COVID and because of my anxiety about COVID. Like I probably could have kept it for six to eight more months before the company got sold, but I was so anxious about COVID. I literally couldn't work. I couldn't do the job I was assigned to do, which was just data entry. I was getting paid mm. great money with great benefits to do data entry. Like I was getting overcompensated for a simple job because there were, I used to do like trade show stuff with my dad. He's the one that gave me the job, but I couldn't do the trade show stuff because the trade shows weren't happening because of COVID. And so, you know, this was before the vaccines came out. And so I, I just had a data entry, couldn't do it. I tried for months. I couldn't get myself to do it. And I felt so guilty and terrible about it. Mm -hmm. So I would just be guilty for eight hours a day at least. And then when work hours were over and people would probably not call me about if I was working or not, then I could relax. But it was just this guilt cycle that I was in. So mm -hmm. Cappy and I talked about it and I quit my job. Okay. Uh, on paper, dad laid me off so that I could collect unemployment, which okay. I'm grateful for. But we mutually agreed that I wasn't a good fit for what was available for me to be working on. And, you know, thankfully, Kathy and I weren't married at the time. We were still, we weren't even engaged yet. So it felt risky to me, right? To leave this job that was paying me, that was like supporting me. Like if this relationship didn't work out, I would be really in hot water because I would one, not have the good job anymore. And two, also not have a place to live or good income. <laughs> so right. it was a vulnerable choice. And I made it anyways, for the reasons we're about to discuss. I'll let you ask another question. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. You have a few things here that it looks like we we haven't talked about top surgery. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So I had top surgery in September 17th, 2021. So this is December 12th, 2022. So a year and a couple months ago. And it was awesome. It's so awesome. Like... I felt ambivalent about it for a long time. I mean, if you look at it, I came out as non-binary in 2017. I didn't start HRT until 2021. So that's like four years. 
of being socially out as non-binary, you know, part of my dating capybara helped me realize like, you know, I can identify as non-binary and still fall under the trans umbrella. Like I can still be in this gender diverse trans umbrella and continuing to talk with her. I realized, oh, I can start HRT and still be non-binary. Cause it's like in my head, still not in the man category, definitely not. But that doesn't mean I can't customize my meat suit to put it in the words I've heard hexagonal use to talk about the same thing, being non-binary, non-HRT. And so, yeah. So honestly, when I started T, a bunch of my depression cleared up, a bunch of my like failure to start cleared up. And I started having enough of a me that I, to care about that I like realized I was autistic and had a bunch of feelings about that every night for six months and crying and anxiety about it. And then I realized, well, just having a label for what I am doesn't actually change anything about me. I'm still the exact same person. Now I just have a word for how I am already. Right. And so, but it, like, it's one thing to hear that in my mind. It's another thing to put it in my heart. And it took a long, like six months, seriously, it was agonizing to be like, okay, I'm neurodivergent. Like this is a thing that's actually happening. So, and then I also realized through frankly, a bunch of memes on Reddit that I also have ADHD, the ADHD memes. And the other one is Aspie memes, which is an old word for autism. But the way Reddit is made is you can't change a subreddit's title ever. So even though the language has, has evolved, they can't change the name of it anyways. So, so reading through a bunch of autistic memes and a bunch of ADHD memes, I was like, wow, these are really relatable. Wonder why that is. It's because I'm autistic and ADHD. So it's like, you know, I started HRT and then I continued to go through this growing awareness of myself and who I am. And the more that I have spent time in these communities, which I have had the the luxury of being able to do because this is my full-time thing is all of this stuff, this content creation, the podcast, the running the community on Discord, just all of the clouder things I get up to, it's my full-time deal. And so, you know, seeing hundreds of trans people, and I'm using trans expansively as any gender diverse person. So you might be agender, might be non-binary. It's just fewer syllables. And my ADHD brain likes me to go fast. So I pick the small words so I can go faster. <laughs> can relate, can relate. So yeah, so, but just to be clear, when I'm when I use trans I use it expansively, I acknowledge that some people do not use trans expansively. They use only trans or non-binary or agender or something else. And they're like, no, I'm not trans, but I am non-binary. So there are people who do that and are that way. And they're totally allowed to identify that way. That's mm-hmm. not how I use it. So anyway. Okay. So so yeah. So so I just realized that there's like neurodivergentness and like there's if you look at a Venn diagram of people who are neurodivergent and people who are trans, like most of most trans people, not all, but I would say at least 90% are some flavor of neurodivergent. And so realizing that there's this huge intersection in the community was like, okay, like we need resources and support for gender diverse people who are also maybe realizing they have ADHD or autism or some bipolar plurality, dissociative identity disorders, weirdo for weirdo, that's fun, Spires. Just all of it, right? Just like there's so, yeah, I'll pause and let you say words. <laughs> no, I'm looking at Twitch, the weirdo for weirdo by Spires. It's, okay. <laughs> it's fantastic. We I have a great know. community. I'm, we're so lucky. We're so I know. Lucky. Like, I'm lucky to come into this community that you've welcomed me into. And it's nice that everybody gets to hear. It's nice that we get to interview you today, you know, because there was that one point where you did a monologue to the camera and now you're here with the staff and, you know, just so many things. And so, so it's, that's pretty great. 
do you want to keep going down this list? Because I do have a couple of things here that I saw that we haven't touched on and some of the things that we have touched on. I can, yeah, I can, I'll run through it quick. So, okay. so if I tell you about the evolution of my personal identities, I was straight. I was probably ace at that time, but I didn't identify that way. But really it's because I was queer and I was trying to date straight and it wasn't working for me. Uh, I was bi for about a month, but that's because I wasn't ready to be lesbian. Bisexuality is real. Yes. There's absolutely bisexual people. Like today I'm now this pansexual flavor that maybe includes bi, but at that time, really, I was a lesbian who was scared to be a lesbian. Then I was lesbian for five years. And so those are all sexuality related things. Then my gender changed. So it came out as non-binary. I added transmasculine when I started taking testosterone. A person can be transmasculine without being on HRT. Like that's not a pre-requirement to be identifying that way. Uh, right. For me, it didn't make sense until then, but that's just internalized like anti-trans gatekeeping stuff. And so then after I started T, you know, I mentioned this, but my sexuality evolved again. And I went from being lesbian to pansexual. You know, what I didn't write in here is T for T or trans for trans, which are trans people who prefer to date other trans people. I don't necessarily, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily exclusive to trans people, but I will say both of my partners right now are trans. You know, I'm open to, for example, a cis guy, if he's cool and can hang must be able they to do exist yes. they do exist they There's do i know plenty of them, of them. But they do exist right right you have to be down with the trans rights because they're human rights baby that's right all right okay anyway. if you have you said yeah. that you added trans mass last year yeah okay yeah around when i started hrt and so then you know i already told sort of the story about adding pansexual this spring and then polyamorous this summer but yeah, it's just my, you know, none of this covers how my awareness of neurotype and all of that has evolved through time. But being in this Discord community, Meowster's Clouder, is a big part of how I have sort of come to terms with and become comfortable with being autistic, being ADHD, having some flavor of median plural system going on, but I almost never talk about that. And also like within that, there's an ultra human piece in that medium plural system. And also I don't really talk about that either. Is that a choice you don't want to talk about today or you just haven't had an opportunity to talk about it? I think I don't want to talk about it much more today. If you're plural and you know me, we can talk about it in DMs, but I don't feel like it's like flushed out enough and clearly defined enough to be able to present in a clear, concise way. And I don't want to misrepresent like plural and median people, but I have used this platform to spotlight other plural folks talking about their identities and history and all of that. And so there's actually an entire playlist about plurality on my YouTube channel. So if folks are interested, you can go see that. You can also find the playlist linked from the new website that I built with help from Spires and Septopia and others a couple of weeks ago, genderfulpodcast.com. I built it in HTML and CS and it was very hard for my brain. And I don't know that I could maintain it. So it might be static forever, but it exists. I'm and it has a fancy you. thing. It has a fancy thing that updates. The newest episode goes on the website. So there'll be one new thing every week. It's just a playlist. You could just click it and go check it out. But yeah, it's basically like a fancy flyer. 
Oh, thanks for being proud of me, Trans Capybara. She came in here, looked at my code, was like, this is wrong. We've got to fix this. We've got to do this. But in like Aww. a kind, in a kind way, not in a critical way, just like a, oh, like this is giving you this error message. Let's fix that. Like she helped me clean it up. It was nice. Wonderful. And I'm like, you, you know how to do this very well. I don't know. I'm doing it all. Oh, but you got it. You got through it. It looks great. I feel like the little kid walking up to their parent or friend being like, here's my macaroni picture frame. And it's like, you know, you're showing like a professional full-time artist, your macaroni picture frame. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. And that's awesome. Oh my goodness. I wrote down a couple of questions. I want to come back to you later, but let's switch topics. Special topic, creating the clouder. And before we start, is there anything else that you want to say about what you've just said, or you're ready to move into the next thing? I think I'm ready to move to the next thing. Tell us about creating the clouder. So in July of 2020, the pandemic had technically it started in 2019, but the lockdown started in March of 2020. Okay. So four months later, you know, I can't, you know, I was introduced to Twitch by my friend Mirami, who's producing the show today. So okay. shout out yes. to Mirami. Shout Mirami. out to Mirami. Mirami. Yes. My friend nickname for you. Me, me, me. <laughs> and so like, I didn't know what Twitch was. I visited Mir's house once. Well, more than once, but there was a time when I was at Mir's house and we don't live close together. So it's like a trip to go visit. But there was a, a time I was visiting and Games Done Quick was doing some sort of like GDQ big event. And so there was like speed runs of all these video games. And so maybe there's a Breath of the Wild speed run on TV. And Breath of the Wild is one of my special interests. If you've ever come to a Wednesday stream, you know that. I'm very, I know a lot about that one game. I get excited about it. I could play it for hours and not realize how much time has passed. I just, I love it so much. It's like my favorite game of all time. I love Pokemon games, but I can't play them for as long hyper-focused as I can Breath of the Wild. I don't know why. It was a Breath of the Wild speed run, but Orchestra on GDQ. So I'm like on the couch, like half asleep, very tired. And then there's this cool thing happening. And I watched this person go from like the starting screen of the game to like beating the final boss with like a stick in 45 minutes and i'm like what is this sport like what is happening <laughs> and so i realized there's this whole community of people who play video games on the internet for other people to watch mm -hmm. for fun because it's fun and i was like yes. wait that's real because one of my favorite things as a kid was to play video games and my sibling would watch and you know we i get stuck on things and sibling would like have suggestions or notice something on the screen i hadn't noticed this was before the internet was so easily accessed so it wasn't like you could just pull up a guide on your phone mm -hmm. you know if you really wanted to you could walk up the stairs and sit down at the computer with the dial up and wait for the crackly sounds and maybe try to look something up, maybe, but mostly you had to buy books with the video game guides and stuff, answers. And they still have some of those books kicking around. So okay. anyway, so yeah, so, so I loved video games as a kid. And so when I realized that this was a, or call the helplines for the games. Yeah. So I realized that it was actually possible to, to play games with an audience. And I thought, well, this is so fun. Like, you know, we're all home right now anyways. And I had been doing this Dungeons and Dragons group, like my D&D &D groups had to go online because of the pandemic as well. And so I'd already spent all this time like learning Roll20 and like getting all of these digital graphic assets together. And so my streams actually started as a tabletop role-playing game Twitch channel. Okay. And 
a ton of my like people on Twitter that I follow and like people on Twitch that I followed in the beginning mm-hmm. have to do with TRPG stuff, which TRPG is short for tabletop role-playing games. Dungeons and Dragons is the biggest example of a TRPG that people, uh, it has like brand recognition, but there's more than just that game that exists. Okay. Uh, and so, and so I was making these games anyways, and I thought, well, gosh, wouldn't it be fun to record these stories? Because my friends and I were telling these beautiful queer stories through tabletop and I wanted to share them with other people in the world. And so I started with definitely not the easiest thing to start with on Twitch, which is producing like multiple video feeds, audio feeds in a tabletop stream. Like it was so complicated. Wow. <laughs> and to top it off, I was the one GMing and I was running two games a week. So on a Monday and a Wednesday with one day in between for prep for the second stream, you know, I had like five to eight people on stream with me playing Dungeons and Dragons tabletop games with like a bunch of assets, like all the characters had tokens and like, you could see like all the fancy, like the lighting, the like dynamic lighting in the game. It was a lot, it was very extra. So that was a hobby. That was an evening hobby while I worked during the day, twice a week that I did that. At some point we hit affiliate. I don't think I wrote that date down, but you know, the typically the era of Dungeon Meowster, that's this channel's dead name is Dungeon Meowster. (laughs) Technically it was Dungeon underscore Meowster because Dungeon Meowster was taken. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so people will see like Dungeon Meowster shirts in the wild because it's a, a pun that a lot of people like. I mean, tabletop games and cats go together pretty often. And so it's a pretty obvious pun. And I don't think I even thought it up. I think I saw the shirt somewhere and thought it was fun. Okay. But like, Anyway, so so you had you started your podcast. Pardon me. That's where it started, and okay. part of it is we needed to produce the audio, so I started a Discord server for us. Gotcha. That's and where the server started too. First mm-hmm. post was generated July nineteenth, twenty twenty. That's right. Okay. Yeah. In the general chat, and so Mirami also helped me with that because I didn't know much about Discord. I looked recently, and I've been on Discord for like six years, but the server is only what two and a half, three, two and a half years old. Okay. July to now is July of 2020, you know, okay. two and a half years. So I don't know. I quickly realized that I don't know how to admin stuff. So like, I don't know. I, when you say you don't know how to admin stuff, well, I don't know specific... the technical aspect, the technical okay. aspect. So like, okay. so I can do very basic things in Photoshop or like Adobe rush or with audacity. But once you get into the complicated pieces like noise compression or adding captions or graphics or transitions that are not just the thing that makes it fade from one thing to the next, like mm-hmm. extra things on screen it's in, st- in addition to the video that you're working on, right. my brain just nopes right out of that. Gotcha. So I quickly realized I needed help. And I'm, I also know that we're running into like three different things in my notes of stuff to talk about. So good luck yes. deciding where we go next. Yes. Okay. First Jennifer podcast, the first Jennifer episode was April 7th, 2021. It's a year and a half ago almost. Okay. But that and wasn't the first podcast we made. That was the first podcast you made. It, it was not. We made three podcasts before that. We recorded okay. three different tabletop game streams. Right. And made them into podcasts. And so we really um, got our like processes down and like learned about this software called, what's it called? Descript, which I have a referral link in the resources of the show notes. So if anyone 
would like to use it. It's actually the software that makes captions and has automatic features for taking out like audio pauses and words like me saying like. <laughs> okay, so, so like ums out, and likes. <laughs> exactly, it can take out filler words, it can do transcriptions. You can edit it in the transcript and it will edit the audio for you. It'll cut those words out. It's very powerful software. It's, wow. It's pretty simple compared to using like Adobe Audition. I think there might be free unpaid versions and different tiers, but uh, yeah, upgrading to that was a big deal. Upgrading to having other people who aren't me do the audio editing is an even better idea. <laughs> all right. That's nice, right? Like, like it, you know, it kind of lessens the amount of things that you have to do. And then these people can actually just focus on this. So it takes a little bit of like, takes your focus off of that. Somebody yes. else can focus on it. That's great. Oops. I just was going to ask that question and you deleted no, it. I'm moving it all around. That's my fault. You're moving it all around. Okay. Is it in order? It's we're getting there. Yeah. Okay. I think this is the one you should probably ask because I'm halfway through explaining it anyways. Okay. <laughs> How has the clouder evolved over time? Yeah. You've answered some of these, but there's more. Yeah, there is. And I'm sorry for bouncing all around. It's like, I can't one, one quality of ADHD is having a really hard time prioritizing. Yes. And so like not knowing like what's the most important thing to ask or do next. It's very my brain. Yes, I'm still producing. I have control issues. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sorry. I'm trying, I'm trying really hard to let go of some of the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> let it go like frozen. <laughs> go. Let it go. go. Let your friends do stuff instead of you. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to make an animation about it <laughs> it's not the first time i've sung that song on stream <laughs> <laughs> i believe it <laughs> so fun um, so so ahead. yeah the cloud are evolving over time well i already told you all about just like personal journey and trajectory in terms of like starting hrt and so there came this moment where I was like, okay, like everyone's getting the username wrong because it's inconsistent, right? It's dungeon underscore Meowster here, but it's like at Meowster Dungeon on a bunch of social media platforms because I couldn't get Dungeon Meowster for the same reason. It's a popular thing. And so for a while, I was sort of kicking around in my head, like, what is a way to reframe this? And there was back in late, like December 2020, I would say, there was a lot of buzz in the tabletop community about racism within Dungeons and Dragons. And how like goblins and I can't even remember the name of this other race and the a goblins, orcs, sort of these, yeah, drow, there's more, but there's a bunch of characterizations within Dungeons and Dragons specifically of these races that are racist. They're like anti-black and anti-Semitic. And so like half of the crew was black. And they were like, we don't want to play this game anymore. And I'm like, that's super fair. I don't want to do it either. Like, I don't want to perpetuate stereotypes. Right. Um, and so there's a lot of buzz about that. And so we stopped two of our shows. We, we stopped the homebrew game I was running, which was, it was a fun game. We loved it. I will, mm -hmm. as a side note, I also want to say that having dwarf, having small people be erased by themselves is sizest and not okay. That's not a race. Have size variation within all of your races, small and large humans. Like there are small and large humans. I'm right. some of my best friends are little people like, you know, so anyways, that's an aside, but important to say. So the crew did some soul searching like that holiday season. So we had like our holiday special. We finished that show. We wrapped it up. 
yeah, I was also playing the Natasha's module and it was super colonial. That's right. So, so Mira, me and the other four or five like cast members wrestled with, well, what do we do now? And so we looked at a bunch of different tabletop systems. We looked at Ryutama, we looked at Thirsty Sword Lesbians, we looked at Cypher, and there's a whole bunch more I'm not listing. I'm sure Mir will hear this and start typing a bunch in the chat. I can list, rattle them off. But we ended up going with Thirsty Sword Lesbians, and I had my friend, That's Barnaby, be the GM. And anyone who's in like D&D TikTok, you've heard of That's, That's Barnaby is a non-binary Black content creator who's also a great animator and made the logo for this show this channel, this community, like the little cat with the D&D 20 dice, that's by That's Barnaby. And Barnaby's stuff is all linked in the show notes. So you all can go drop follows and enjoy Barnaby's stuff. Barnaby has a great Instagram. You can go check it out and see all the art. They still make wonderful art like of tabletop role-playing game characters because they still GM and run around in those circles. Okay. So Barnaby hosted six episodes. It was three streams. So we had mini episodes, like the first part up to a break was an, a full episode. And then the next part after the break was the second episode. So we did six of those little episodes and then like people were just burnt out. We needed to stop doing that. And so the tabletop thing just fell apart. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, what now? So it's like, you know, late winter, early spring of 2021. And I was like, what do I do now? So I rebranded <laughs> to Genderful because I had started HRT in March of that year. So by <laughs> April 7th, like just shy of a month later, I started making this show because I wanted to document my transition. Got you. I wanted to hear my voice change over time. And I knew if I didn't have like a scheduled activity that made me do that, it wasn't going to happen. Right. Like it was just going to get lost and whatever. And so, you know, part of the reason, one of the reasons I wanted to do a new intro for this show is because I'm going to listen to this episode again later and probably send people to it. And I didn't want people to hear my little baby girl voice at the beginning because the intro for the last 72 episodes has been my little girly voice, like in the beginning. And I was right. like, no, I want my now voice instead of this, you know, young person voice. So that's um, awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of why there is a big push for all of us to get the thing for today. But right. um, anyway, there's okay. something about starting the discord that I didn't say that I want to go back and say part of why I started the server in July of 2020 is I was thinking about all of the gender diverse people who went to college, just barely started coming out. And then in March of their first year of school were sent back home to live with their parents because of COVID. Wow. And so I was just thinking about imagining what it would have been like, you know, I didn't even come out as lesbian until my senior year. And so like, just starting to explore like just autonomy in general, but also like gender and sexuality, and then have to go home and go right back in the closet. And so I thought, you know what, I need to make an online space for all the queer and trans, like young adults who like just went back in the closet. I need to make a space where we can be ourselves. And so that's why I made the server so we could have a place to be ourselves. That's why it's been so important to me to maintain and make sure it is doing well. And goodness, Mirami can tell you how many months and years we have obsessively fine-tuned the Discord server. It is a work of love. It has taken hundreds of hours a week for years. Like, wow. Yeah, it's not a casual thing. And it is a wonderful thing. It always needs improvements. Yes, there, are, there. you can submit feedback anytime. There's tickets you can open and give us your great ideas of how to make it all better. And the mods and the admins and all of us really do take it seriously 
when people send us their opinions. We just had someone join the server, got get overwhelmed with our casual ableism stuff and then leave. And I'm like, okay, how can we make this better? Because what I don't want is fellow disabled, like non-binary and trans black people to come into my space, be like, no, these rules are too oppressive. I'm out. Like, nope, don't want that. Like, oh, wow. It's accessible to people like that. Like, that's the point. This space is supposed to be for people like that. So, so So yeah, so we're, the admins are in the process of looking at that and trying to figure it out. We're just also exhausted right now. So it might take us a couple months because- we've it's just it's the holidays right it's been a big push the third special event in six days and so it's been a lot i didn't schedule it well i should have done a better job and i didn't so that's the other thing is like you know i'm running a team and it's still vulnerable to me being human and not thinking ahead enough and so i'm also constantly worried about asking too much of people and wanting to make sure that the things people are doing is balanced and I feel guilty when people end up having to cancel plans or whatever to do things for this that I'm like, oh no. And I feel so bad. Oh, I felt that yesterday. And then I woke up this morning and I saw an alert from PayPal. And I was like, oh, that's not what I meant. But I was like, this is great because I actually need it for my surgery thing. So this is fine. Yeah. I was just like trying to like record my voice. Like you can't hear all the stuff outside my apartment because I live in like my room where I record. Like, this is the window, this is another window, so it's a corner, and I'm across the street from everything, and everything can be heard in this room, and so it's just like, I thought, oh, Saturday morning's perfect for recording the intro and outro for my piece, and there was a delivery truck, another delivery truck, there was an angry child that was on the way to the Holly Dazzle event that's at the park that's a block and a half away, and so all these families were going to the park, and I was like, this is what recording so it's like trying to record and then i tried zoom and then i tried my phone and then i tried my expensive 200 dollars mic and it was just like i couldn't get it and so i ended up sitting on the floor and using my phone in adobe app and i was like finally but it was like a day and a half later so so yeah so it was a lot to do but it sounds so great that it's it was worth it and it seemed like everybody really enjoyed it when it played earlier and so let's talk about like did an excellent job with that too Thank you. I appreciate that. Adding in plurality and alter humanity channels and spaces. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I would love to. So <laughs> part of the journey is like, I, you know, started making video game stuff because something had to go on my channel because this is my job now and I didn't have a job. So it's like something has to be on the internet regularly. So people have somewhere to be. And so the community sort of organically started to grow. And we, I got to this place where one of the admins that was helping us because Mirami and I, we work very hard and there's still plenty of people who have more knowledge than us. So we went and got a special advisor friend whose name I'm not going to say because a person doesn't like attention and credit for things would rather be cloak and dagger in the background. But we, we got some very helpful advice from a friend who is plural. And so started just like very gently educating both of us about plurality what it means to have multiple headmates in one body and you know the importance of if you can tell who's fronting like addressing the person by the right name or names and pronouns and all of that and so and so as we started talking about it i started to realize there are more people in the community who are also plural but maybe just weren't out as plural because we didn't have the resources so we added a bot called plural kit and if any of you are running a discord server i encourage you to add plural kit if you don't have it even if you don't think anyone's going to use it because a, any plural system, and not every system uses the phrase system, 
Some people like other phrases besides system, but I'm just going to use system for simplicity in this moment. You can learn more about all of those opinions in all those other episodes I mentioned where we go into it in depth. But any Perl system joining a server, one of the first questions I've seen them ask, and I'm in a bunch of servers, so I see it all the time, is, you know, is there Perl kit or can there be Perl kit? There's other bots you can use too, but this is the one that is maybe more common that I've seen. And so, you know, Plural Kit lets a person with one Discord account switch headmates and gives credit to who's actually saying it. And so you can have, you know, the cat in the system can say something and then the, yeah, it's called Plural Kit, Mrs. Gendered. You got it. We should put the link to it in the notes. Are you doing that or are you letting me? I just, I put down two letters and someone else can go find the rest of it. There's a whole website about it. So yeah, so, so Plural Kit, it's an important accessibility feature for folks who are plural. I'll just say it that way. It's wonderful. One best practice is to have someone put, you have the name of the headmate, but then maybe a pipe, like the up and down line symbol, and then system name after. It makes it easier to moderate if you can tell who all belongs to one body. Because otherwise you just have like, a bunch of these posts that say that they're from a bot. They're not from a bot. It's a person who's using a bot as a proxy to change their name. And it's harder to moderate. There's ways to do it. It's more complicated. You have to get into like a bunch of things that have lists of 16 numbers or something to tell who's the proxy and whatever. But so mm-hmm. it's easier for mods. If just for anyone who's new to Pearl Kit, just add, have them add the system name after the name of the headmate. Maybe it'll be like system or whatever, if you have okay. enough characters for that. Anyway, so yeah, so, so we also started doing talking about plurality on the talk show because, you know, I was still learning about it. So part of it was just for me to keep continue to learn more. And part of it is to generate these resources for folks because, you know, the community has evolved over time and there's a lot of information out there you can find and not all of it's current. And so, you know, I did my best to have, I think we have maybe five episodes about plurality now. So, you know, no, no one plural system is a monolith of all plurality. Like no one, just like no trans person is a monolith of all trans people. And so if you want to learn about any identity that's you're unfamiliar with, I encourage you to interact with multiple people talking about it, not just, haha, multiple plural joke, not just one system or one person discussing the topic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. And then would you also like to talk about the alter humanity channels and spaces as well? Yeah. So that one, I feel like it's, those spaces are just starting to get more engagement. Like in the last month, we had Naya Okami on the show months ago. Naya is probably the most well-known alter human. She's known for saying the phrase in always, but physical, I am a wolf. And so her alter human self is a wolf. And so there's some really, there's a meme about it back in the day. And there was a lot of ridicule and like, Anyway, but Naya is a wonderful, complicated, beautiful person who, who is an alter human. And so, you know, there's websites and spaces to explore all of that other kin comes to mind, but you know, especially when you get into plurality, like it's really easy to realize some of those headmates aren't human. Some of them might be a cat or a panther or an alien or Shakespeare. Like there's just so many different, so many different ways you can be in your mind. And if you think about it, like. I think I saw this in the server somewhere. Brains are like basically like fat and water, (laughs) like a bowl of tapioca pudding using less energy than you need to turn on a light bulb that like run entire human bodies. And so of course we're going to come up with these outrageous things like, you know, being ultra human or, you know, calculus, (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm absolutely quoting someone. I don't know who it was. I saw that either on socials or in a server in the last two days, but it feels apropos to mention here. So anyways, yeah. So we just, just making spaces for people to explore that. I mean, there's sort of this ongoing trend of like in trans spaces, like cat girls and cat boys. And so, you know, that's sort of the cheeky meme about it. It's way deeper than that. There's so many more pieces. So, you know, honestly, we should probably have more guests talk about alter humanity on the show. That would be a great goal for 2023 is maybe like two or three more episodes about it. Yeah, that'd um, be great. Yeah, just to talk about, and some plural people also will talk about their alter humanity while they're here. Like <laughs> their main topic is plural, so we don't go super in depth, but I do think it would be powerful to spend some more time on that specific topic because I don't see it represented in media very often besides okay. like werewolves. <laughs> right. right. Right, okay. Which is like, uh, that's not, it's sort of, but also no, because it's not a physical transformation, right? It's like, it's in your head. Gotcha. Trans people would like to physically transform. Ultra humans may also wish they can physically transform. So there's this sort of ongoing shared wish of like the ability to alter your meat suit. Right. Um, and, you know, when you're plural, it might be even more complicated because you might want your meat suit to change multiple times a day. And that's not currently possible with right. technology and medicine where it is. So, okay. Anyway. Wow. All right. And at some point you realized that the talk show needed its own socials because it's grown to be its own entity. Did you, yeah. can you talk about like how it feels yeah. to see that it's grown its own entity after all this time because it ha hasn't really been a long time it's been a year and a half but like has been. it kind of went by quick it did go by quick and it's just like you know i probably work five to six days a week for eight to 16 hours a day i don't know how many hours a week that is if you do the math but it's a lot if i'm lucky i get a day off one day and I mean, part of that is just executive dysfunction and struggling to prioritize things. And so then I work on the wrong thing and still have deadlines. So then I have to meet them anyways. But mm -hmm. part of it is like very much wanting things to work and succeed. And so I just give it everything I have. And because I care about this, these series of projects, right? The server, the stream, the podcast, the other things we're going to talk about later that's coming soon, like, because I care about all of them they all get my time and it's just, yeah, it's a lot. So at one point I realized, you know, we're trying to recruit guests. We're trying to recruit maybe guests with a little more recognition. Like we, as a team, we've one, it's not just me anymore. Two, we've sort of gotten our processes down that now we record on a Monday and it's published on a Friday. There's no more of this record a bunch of stuff, hope to find someone who can do some audio editing. And then they do a big burst of work. And all of a sudden we have four episodes or six episodes or whatever. It's more like consistent, which I'm so grateful for. And like, I always wanted editors and people to help with this stuff. And when I started, I had no idea how to get there. I still don't know how to get there. Okay. I mean, I can try to explain how this all came to be, but anyway, so yeah, so we just, we, you started creating social media. We did. We had to make, mm -hmm. we had to make its own channels because people would hear from us because now we'll send out an email or whatever. Right. So that multiple people can manage the invitation process instead of just me sending it from the gender master email. So we had to make a new email, the genderful podcast okay. email. Gotcha. Um, and so people would get this email. Maybe it would feel like a cold call because they don't recognize it because it's not me, you know? Gotcha. And so then they're like, who is this? And they'll go look for us. And we didn't have much of a web presence for a genderful podcast. Gender master is all over the place, but genderful podcast, we didn't have a website. Like we didn't have any social media. So they look it up. Maybe they find me tweeting about it and that's it. And so it was like, 
they were like, you're, this isn't a real show. This doesn't actually exist. I mean, if they had gone on like the podcasting platforms, there's your 70 episodes or whatever, but you know, they, people don't think to look there. They look on socials because it's like, it's the digital version of having like a storefront now. Yeah, you have to have a social media presence. Right. It's like verification. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, we realized like, oh, shoot, we got to get all of this organized. And so it was like, oh, I'm already doing, I can't do another thing. I literally cannot. Like I'm doing too many things already. Mm -hmm. So, you know, along comes one of our other friends and recent talk show guest, Phelan, who was on the show, here to help. (laughs) Lovely Phelan. Just like two months ago, maybe eight episodes ago, that, that math might be wrong, but recently- Within the last couple months, where to help yeah. us on the show. And we had so much fun talking after the show. And this mm-hmm. is an ongoing thing that keeps happening. Yes, um, yeah. And so, like, we so Didn't feeling, he, like, volunteered to, like, help out? Feeling, feeling wanted to help and participate. There's Phelan in the chat. Hey, Phelan. Nice to hey, see you here. I know you've been here for more than just now. I saw you earlier. And so, yeah, Phelan wanted to help out and was like, hey, we need to make a social media for the show. And I was like, you're totally right. I can't do it. Can you? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Social media. I hired a team to do my social media early this year and it's just a lot. So the fact that you're able to have Phelan come through and help you with the socials like that, that gives you more presence, you know, more verification. So yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. What leadership qualities have served you in these projects? So the first one I want to talk about, it's hard to, it's hard to put a word around it. I don't know if there is like a more socially recognized word, but I'm going to call it spidering. I think networking is the closest, but that's not quite it. So spidering comes from my spiritual community, which is reclaiming paganism. And it's the concept is, you know, sitting in the middle of the web and the web is the community. It's all the people, the places, the wants, the needs, the skills, you know, the positives and negatives, all of it, just sitting in the middle and kind of holding it all in mind at once. And so, Mm -hmm. so for me, I have this, I didn't know it was a skill. Like I thought everyone was just aware of all the people around them and their needs. So spidering is sitting in the middle of the community, hearing all of the different needs and being able to basically be a matchmaker. So this person has this need, this person has this want, like, you know, I've had a guest on the show who was great and was writing a book. And then I have this other mod that I care about who's great at editing who I matched the two of them together and one of them edited the other one's book. And now they have a published book that's out in the world. Wow. And it's like one needed an editor, one needed the work. And so now they've done it together and next they're going to do the audiobook together. And so it's, you know, or it's like, you know, speaking with a guest who's on the show and like loves the community and maybe is pretty isolated location wise. And then here we have this robust online community and it's like, well, come join us, like come be one of us and hang out and like, spend time, you know, be with us. And so I'm sure there's a ton more examples and people in the chat could rattle in with things, but I just have this aptitude for hearing needs and hearing desires and hearing offers and knowing about resources, matching them together. And that's a persistent quality of mine. It has been for years. You know, the other qualities I would say are loving kindness. Mm -hmm. I, and honestly, I think a big part of it is my autism. I'm pretty loving and accepting of people. I don't have these demands that people would act neurotypical, that people would get things right the first time, that people like, I I try to not have unreasonable expectations. And sometimes people will say they can do something and then they can't. And 
instead of being angry, like that doesn't solve the lack of capacity. It's like, actually what maybe is needed is support or help. Right. And so how can we wrap those people up in support? Not so they can become productive again, but just because period, they need support at the end. Like, yeah. you know, not about fixing people so they can get back to work. It's about supporting people so that they can be whole people, mm -hmm. be loved because people deserve basic compassion and their needs getting met. That's right. And so, you know, I'd say the third quality and there's four, the third quality is my willingness to show up, mm -hmm. even if it's in a limited capacity. Like I try to make it to people's Twitch streams or like show up to their like discord servers and chime in once in a blue moon or like, you know, listen to their show or watch a little bit of their VOD on YouTube or whatever it is and leave a comment. And so read the staff chats and weigh in about something. Like I can't show up to everything full force because I don't right. have time. Okay. But I can show up at least a little bit. And I think that effort helps me maintain a bunch of relationships with a bunch of people, which makes that spidering quality that I mentioned in the beginning much stronger. Because if I'm asking you for a favor, but you haven't heard from me from six months, that's one thing. But if we've had little casual touch and go little check-ins for once a month for the last six months, then when this thing comes up, you've heard from me, right? It's not right. this totally like, why are you coming out of the blue for this? Right. And so it's just, it's easier to organize the community when we're staying in touch with one another. So I guess another thing I want to encourage the audience, the chat, the listeners is, you know, show up for your friends. Even if it's a little bit like, you know, Alice, you've got this event coming up. I can't show up, but maybe I'll send five or 10 or $20 for an extra ticket for somebody to get in. Right. Like, I can't be there in person. It's too far away. It, I would have to pay for a flight to get there. Like it's, it's expensive time right. off all that stuff. But, but I can hear that you've got this thing you're excited about and send you five bucks for a ticket for somebody. I don't know what the price is, but you right. know, I can show up in that way. Like mm -hmm. similarly with mutual aid activity that people get into, like, show up in those little ways. Like, yeah, there's a lot of mutual aid requests in the world. There's a lot of need when your friends yeah. are having a hard time. Even $5 is something because if nothing else, it keeps it fresh and current and people see that number changing and they want to get on the tidal wave. They want to get on the, the wave. If it's stagnant for a really long time, people are like, this product is dead. We don't care about it anymore. And so even that little bit, that little $5 here, $1, $2, whatever. It helps. Uh, it makes a huge difference. You know, I, I try to like subscribe to people on Patreon or Ko-Fi or wherever, like do hundred bits. Yeah. hundred bits is only a dollar, but it could kick off a hype train on someone's channel. Right. And my $1 turns into other people paying $60 and then they have money for, you know, their phone bill that month. Cause I paid that $1 to, to like get the community to remember that they have resources they can give to the people that are creating these community spaces that we're engaging with. And so the fourth quality is listening. I try really hard to listen to folks when they are sharing things with me, you know, it, I would be bad at spidering if I didn't know what was going on. So right. it's a component of that skill, that sort of matchmaking skill is listening. And so it's not just listening for, you know, how can I leverage this for me? That's not mm -hmm. it. It's like, you know, listening to, to be in friendship and community with one another and holding space. You know, I don't have to have a response. Often I will read messages I receive and just react with an emoji Partially right. because of time, but also because sometimes people just need to be heard. They don't actually need a big response. Right. And so, you know, the other thing I'll say along those lines is the best decision I ever made is 
getting like advisors and other contributors in the clouder so that I'm not the only one making decisions because if it's just me, there's a lot of stuff I'm not thinking of. Mm -hmm. So I need other people that aren't me with different experiences, with different life experience, with different like socialization right. to think of all the pieces that I can't think of. Yeah. Because together we're going to make a better decision than I'm going to make by myself. And so I don't need to have a bunch of hubris and think that I'm the smartest, wisest, whatever. Like, right. you know, it's better to we'll leave better some together. spaciousness. Yeah. We are it's, better together. We are better together. It's great to leave some spaciousness and to let things breathe a little bit so that we can let that train of thought keep going and connect on some more ideas to make things better. So I, I feel you on that for sure. Do you have anything else you want to say before I move on to the next question? I think we can go to the next one. Yeah. Okay. How have folks gotten involved with the clouder? Got mods, editors, social media, team leads for different teams. It's a whole big thing here. It is. At any point, if you look in the about section on my Twitch panel, you'll see the most updated list of contributors. I think I counted 17 people the other day. I and one of those... One of those people like made a logo, right? And so it was like a contribution and then they were done. But a lot of those people are showing up every week and doing something. So they're modding the chat, they're editing the podcast, they're writing the social media posts, they're doing the graphics for the socials, like all of it. And this is so much more than content creation. Like I hope that the that folks in the audience are hearing like, yeah, it's video games on stream, but it's also like this trans community, trans in an expansive way, that's like fostering really important breakthroughs for people in terms of learning their own identities, finding support when they need it, like sharing laughter in a time where it is so stressful. If you look at the news and all the stuff that's going on in the world, it's stressful right now, yeah. has been for a long time. And it keeps getting more stressful, especially because a certain political party has decided that trans people are the hot topic. They're going to put a lot of pressure on this year or yeah. this season or this decade. And yeah. so there's a lot of pressure. And so to have space with other generative people and neurodivergent people and plural folks who get it, and we don't have to give all that context, we can just be ourselves, is right. an oasis in a shitstorm. That's my one cuss I get for the stream. There it was. <laughs> well used. Very well used. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, so we need a lot of people to make it go. And frankly, a majority of the money that I receive, I either give to those people or I use it for stream upgrades, like, you know, getting the software and the hardware that we need to make everything work. So it's a wonderful space and it's largely run by volunteers. So that's another piece is like, you know, folks have come along, they've cared about what we're doing enough that they want to help. So they fill out a, they read the contributor handbook, they fill out an application form. The current team looks at it and decides how we feel about it. And then folks, you know, they become mods and editors and social media managers and what have you. And there came a point where I was leading all the teams and I was like, well, heck, we have enough people now that I need to hand off some of this like managing people stuff to the people that have been around a while and kind of have a sense of stuff because I'm tired. Like I got, yeah. I got stuff to do. Like there's no one else who's worried about improving the stream. So if we need a better bot that we're using for all the commands, or if we need like a new intro, like I'm the person who's writing that. No one else is doing that. We have people right. editing it, like sweet Atlas here, but someone has to have the idea that we should do this improvement and start it. And then it can mm -hmm. be handed off, but someone has to be the instigator and I'm still the main instigator. There's plenty of people who have great feedback and I try to implement it. 
But in terms of starting the implementation, for the most part, I'm still the person who's doing that. Thankfully, the Discord server has gotten to a point where we have enough people who kind of understand the community and know what's up that I've been able to handle hand off a vast majority of the managing of the technical and the social aspect of that to other people. Thank okay. God. Because that is a big part of what was keeping me up, you know, all the time in the beginning is because the last thing you want is a big server that's dead. So you have to chat and communicate and get in there. We've, right. I don't know, we have somewhere between two and 300 folks at this point. I could actually find the number 288. Wow. That's higher than I thought. 259 members and then 288, including bots and inactive people. But yeah, the server has grown. It was actually once 400, but we did a culling of all the inactive accounts that hadn't chatted in over six months or whatever. And so that's like 259 people who have talked this month. Like it's a lot. Yes. Lots. It's a lot of folks. I do still worry about not reading every message on the server. You know what? I read them at the end of the day or on the weekends. I just leave them unread a bunch of the week and then I go back. And that's why like, you'll see me reply to a bunch of stuff at once, like days later, like people have had conversations and then I jump in on the conversation like two days later because <laughs> yeah. I go back and read them because it's important to me. I want to know who's around. I want to know what's on people's minds. I mean, that's part of this spidering quality. And so that's why it's so hard for me to just mark all as red and move on. It's like, the minute I do that and just give up is the, is the moment that I'm no longer the spider in the middle of the web listening to the community. I lose the pulse. And so it's still important mm -hmm. to me. I try to save it, you know, and sometimes people will be talking about something I don't care about. And so I'll skim. And if I see a mod is involved in the conversation, I'm just like, I don't need to read this moving on. But especially in the identity channels where people are talking about like all their own them stuff. And how that's evolving, you know, that's part of how I get an idea of what do we need to be talking about on the show? What do we right. need more education about? What are people confused about? What questions are people having? And so, you know, I suppose another piece I want to highlight, we might, we may decide to skip the challenge, the challenges question and move on to some okay. of the next stuff. Cause I know that time is crunchy, but, okay. but one of, one of the things that has come out of that sort of deep listening is a desire to resources and push out resources. That's because our community is intersectional. There's a lot of different things that we care about, right? We right. care about anti-racism. We care about trans healthcare. We care about identifying symptoms of ADHD and helping new people realize that they're neurodivergent. We care about disability. I'm disabled. I think I didn't, I haven't mentioned that this whole stream yet, but I'm disabled. I have chronic pain, chronic fatigue. Like I'm an ambulatory cane user and we're trying to crowdfund a wheelchair for me next year. I'm sure I'll talk about it later. Like, you know, like there's just a lot of these pieces and it's all important. Maybe it's my ADHD. It all feels important. I can't not care about any of it. It's just, it's who I am as a person. And so you know, people share these great resources in the server, or I find things on Twitter, or people DM me things or whatever. And so there's just this big pile of like resource. There's all this information I have because I'm in the middle of the web. And so we need to send this information out to the people who don't have the privilege of getting to sit in the web all day, every day. Right. Almost nobody gets to do this full time, almost everyone else has a full time job. And, you know, family and kids and all that. I do have a wife and kids, but, you know, my wife is also in the server and we only have the kids every other weekend. So like, for the most part, I get to be in it. And so, you know, I can glean these important, beautiful pieces of resource and information. And I just feel compelled 
to shove it out there in the world where people can actually use it. Right. And so figuring out how do we get it out there? And so we started this announcement channel in the server called Solidarity Resources. And so we post those resources. But I realized pretty quickly, we need to make sure those are written really well. And so now we need at least two people to like verify the information in the source and do it. And it occurred to me in the last week or two, we're basically running a small newspaper. Okay. It's like a digest. This is why I say this is multiple projects in a trench coat, because, you know, the newest project is this solidarity resources team. We actually are soon, we're going to have applications for writers. So if you're interested in helping write these things and get them out there, we need you, please. We have four people now. We need a bunch more. You realized it like three days ago because you're on a call with me. Yeah. I mean, it's true, Amir. It's, I mean, a month ago, I woke up and realized I was running a production studio because we've got this talk show and I've got editors with questions and all this stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, we're like running a TV station, running a TV station and a newspaper and a community center. And that's not all the things we're up to. Like eventually we're going to have grants for people and we'll be running a nonprofit, not really, but essentially running a mutual aid entity that's Mm -hmm. doing grants for trans surgeries. Like I absolutely have ADHD. If anyone had a question if I had ADHD, look at all this stuff I'm up to. Diagnosis confirmed. Confirmed. (laughs) So yeah, so we've got these solidarity resources. It's on the announcement channel. If you have a server and you would like to subscribe to those announcements, you can. You just, you have to be an admin or ask an admin to do it. You go to the solidarity resources channel on a computer. There's a button that's like follow and you click it and you tell what channel in your server you want it to blurt at. But those, that channel very specifically, and I'm going to hydrate because you're telling me to, that's a good idea. Hydrate. That channel very specifically points, it's edited well, it's vetted by at least two people. And we know that it's going out to a big audience. So we're careful. We don't just put anything in there. We check our sources first. And that's part of why it takes us a while to get things out. You know, the transverse is one of my partners. I haven't even talked about all the different entities that I partnered with, but I see Rosa is here in the chat and Rosa is also part of the transverse and they have a trans news show on Mondays. So sometimes I'll take our resources that we generate and kind of send it to the news show. So they'll say it on stream. One, one issue I've run into with this is we spend like five to 30 hours on one resource to really get it concise and out there. And we don't put our name on it at the end. We forget to tell people where it came from. And so like, so we're dispensing the information, but our audience base isn't growing. The people who need to hear it from us aren't, isn't getting bigger because we forget to say, please tell people. So like I'll send it to the trans community center, which has 10,000 members or the transverse, which is about nine members shy of a thousand. So if you're not in the transverse yet, you should go do it. Help them hit 1K before the new year. I didn't do the buttons right. Mod can fix it for me. But yeah, like, you know, so so we're the, it's just one of our struggles right now is like, it's harder to get to the audience of people that need what we have because we're falling down on the part where we're getting credit, where our names are attached to it. And so, you know, I even, I posted a resource in a, another server recently and someone was like, oh, great. Can I put this on my Twitter? And then I realized if this person posts it without credit, like they're going to get all the cloud on Twitter, not me, which it's not about me, Meowster, the person. It's about this team needing to have people listening to what we're saying. So it's easier to find them again later and tell them important information again later. Right. So I said, thank you for asking, can you please wait a day so that I can get an actual post with graphics made so that we can get credit for this? And so, so for like a year, we've been posting these resources without credit, without a social media post to use to sort of boost it and all this. So that's why we need a team that's managing this. It's like, here's another social media team. We need to start like, it's, 
<laughs> a lot. It is. And my hope is that people will like contribute financially towards the gender meowster entity, whatever that is, so that like as we keep adding these things, like the community center on on our server, like these this newspaper, this podcast, the TV shows, like as we're adding all of the people to support all of these spaces that are all like designed with gender diverse, neurodivergent, disabled people in mind with accessibility accessibility features like alt text and like captions, you know, it I need to pay all of these trans disabled neurodivergent people that are doing all of this. I want to. They're doing it for free and for tips right now for the most part. I want to pay them. I'm not earning anything. This is my job. And so if I'm not earning anything, I can't give them anything. And so, you know, I don't know. It's I feel like what we're doing is really important and the piece that is really missing is the financial support. You know, okay. if I could give everyone $1000 a month who's doing this, if we were earning 18 grand a month and I could give every contributor a grand, like can you imagine how much more like stable and how much time people could spend and how relaxed we would be and like mm -hmm. all the shitty retail jobs we could quit if yeah. we had that kind of money coming in. Imagine if it was 3000 per person. That's enough to pay your rent and eat food and like quit your day job. Like, Have you considered you know, looking into grants? I need your help with that, to be honest, because okay. you know what? I have zero time to do any extra things. I like, I need someone who wants to do that. Yeah. If you're in the audience listening and you, and Atlas, maybe it's you, but maybe it's someone listening to the show because you're also busy with grants for all of your projects that you're up to. So yeah. like, please do help. But it's just like, I'm at capacity and that is a big need. I would love to get grants. I don't know how to write for grants. I don't, we're running into, again, I have two degrees in religion. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> I'm passionate. I have a lot of ideas. I'm good at getting people to participate, but like, I don't the know. Financial structure. I don't know what I'm, I don't have a business degree. I don't know what I'm doing. Like I need help. help. If you I, are hearing this and you're like, I want to help, please email me. <laughs> like, tell me you want to help. I mean, that's part of what you're doing. You're doing it. Yeah. Like you say, you don't know what you're doing, but you're doing it right now. I'm, literally. I'm definitely doing something. I don't know how to solve the money part. I haven't for years. We have a Patreon. We have a Ko-Fi. We have a PayPal. You know, we have all these different income streams. That's, this but, is a great idea. But so none of them have broken thousand dollars none of them have broken three hundred dollars a month like right so you know i was looking and the first year i did this i earned about 250 dollars for the whole year this year if i were to guess the net is somewhere closer to three thousand but that's okay. not including the mutual aid stream we did we earned eleven hundred thirty five dollars or the other thing we did for you where we earned yeah. seven hundred twenty dollars and yeah, so it's that like mind-blowing you know the we have these mutual aid efforts that are bringing in more but when it comes to me asking for money for me and what I'm up to, I don't know how to do it. I need someone else to be my hype person who's like, this is great. You should give this money. Here's all the reasons you should do this. Like for what it's easier for me to ask for money for other people than it is for me. And I don't know why. And I think that's pretty common with creative people. So that's like, honestly, that's the biggest thing I need help with. Like, and I mean, the reason that we have like the mod tipping activity once a month is because my goal is to share the money. I don't want to keep it all. Like my wife is paying for rent and utilities. I don't need it for that. I, mm -hmm. I want to pay everybody else so they can quit their bad jobs and just make this project flourish. Right. Someone mentioned that you could sign up as a nonprofit and go for grants. And that's one way of definitely doing it. But then it's like the nonprofit industrialization syndrome that comes with that too. I've so, yeah. heard from, so I just joined the Disabled Content Creators 
collective stream team. Just mm-hmm. got that news about a week ago. It's a big oh, win. Right. I've applied to like five stream teams. I haven't gotten on almost any of them. This is like the first one that I've applied to and been accepted. I've applied to four or five. That's so great. Two and a half years I got on a team. It's thank you. It's amazing. And one of the info streams at the very beginning was talking about how are we going to raise money for all these mutual aid efforts we're doing for disabled people. It's a BIPOC forward team. So primarily black, indigenous and people of color, disabled people. And the admins and leads of that team did a bunch of research and found out like typically black and indigenous people do not trust nonprofits, Mm -hmm. not trust establishments. I don't blame them. Institutions have been used as a tool of oppression forever against black and indigenous people, at least in the United States, like in North America. And so like Technically, Gender Meowster is a business entity. It exists, but it's registered as a sole prop. And maybe that's not the best choice and I'll need to switch it later. I don't know. If you know about that stuff, also email me. I need help with that too. Um, I pay pay an accountant. I pay an accountant to do the stuff. And frankly, like, you know, I don't know, it's 300 bucks or whatever, but that's how much we made in the first year. So I spend the money on the business. I don't take it home. It was a big deal for me to have streams this year where we were explicitly raising money for something for me. We, and just on the marathon stream we did last weekend, we finally hit the kayak goal. It take, it's taken us six months to net gain $1,700 for me to buy a kayak, which sounds like a luxury and why should we care about that? But what it really is for me is it's an accessible way for me to exercise without worrying that my knees are going to buckle. And I'm going to fall and get hurt. And so it's about strengthening my back. So my chronic pain is better managed. It's actually about disability. It's actually mm-hmm. about taking care of my body so that I can keep doing this job. Right. If my right. body falls apart, I can't sit on stream and facilitate this stuff. And so, so it's an um, act of well, wellness. Yeah. It's an act of self-care and wellness. But if you're just coming to the stream, you've never heard of me. You're just like kayak goal. What the heck is that? Anyway. So our next goal is a wheelchair. I would like to get a power wheelchair that's portable, that fits in my car so that I can go grocery shopping. Because frankly, my wife has been doing the grocery shopping for three years. Like ever since the pandemic started, she's been the one to go to the stores. And I've become more deconditioned because of staying home as much as I have been. And so she's sort of stuck doing all the chores out of the house. And she's busy. She's got a full-time job. She brings home the bacon literally and figuratively. And, you know, I want to pitch in. And the carts at the store aren't always charged. They're not always available. They're not always clean. And so it's just really inconsistent or they don't exist. Like some stores just don't have those automated grocery carts. And so, you know, I want a chair so that I can participate in my, the care and feeding of my household. I have crutches right now. They definitely help. A chair would be better because once you get into those big box stores, it's more walking I can do. And, you know, we live half an hour out of town, so I have to drive half an hour in. And if I'm going to like, if I'm going to, I got distracted by my wife saying, I love that bacon, keep bringing it home. It's so funny. (laughs) But yeah, like I, I don't want her to be the only one who does the grocery shopping. That doesn't feel fair and equitable to me. So I just need the accessibility tools to be able to participate instead of like shaming myself for, I didn't go on enough walks during COVID. Now it's hard to do that. Like you know, getting the chair in and out of the car is, it's heavy. It's going to be 56 pounds. Like I'm going to have to really butch up to do that. And you certainly are. And hauling the groceries, putting them in the car, like being out in the world, like I'm still going to be walking. And frankly, I'm going to move more with a chair than I otherwise would. And I think it's actually going to increase my physical stamina, not decrease it. Insurance companies disagree Good. with me. My insurance is almost definitely not going to pay for it, you know? 
I'm not paralyzed. And if you're ambulatory, they almost never pay for chairs. So instead of going through a years long argument, like PT, all that stuff, spending all that money, energy, and time trying to get insurance to pay for a chair, I've talked to friends in wheelchairs and they've said, yeah, pay out of pocket if you can help it at all. So I found a great chair. It's $2,500. It'll fit in my car, you know, and we're using Throne to fund it. So if you exclamation point Throne in the chat or look at my Twitch panels, if you're listening after stream, you can go throw money in that link. It's in the resources. But yeah, that's my hope for 2023 is that over the course of the year, we'd make enough. My like stretch goal is if we can do it by pride, if we can do it by June 1st, Mm -hmm. we can actually go to pride and march and pride in my chair. I'll wear my, I'll wear my N100 so I don't get COVID. I'll be in the chair. Maybe we'll decorate it. That sounds fun. But you know, I got the opportunity to table for, for trans pride recently back in September. And I was so exhausted after that. It was so challenging for me. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. You know, I got halfway through the event and I was ready to be done. And I was like, I can't like one, I'm driving with people Two, my wife's working security. She can't leave until the bitter end because she's working security. And right. so like I was seated in my booth and people didn't realize I was seated because I was disabled. So they thought the person like personing the booth just wasn't there. They thought I was some random person sitting in this booth waiting for a friend or something. So they would just walk by because there's like the aisle and people walk by. But if I have the visual indicator that I'm disabled, people might actually come up and talk to me because I was seated in a camping chair, not in a wheelchair. People didn't realize what was going on. And so in this is all like very quiet, like in the back of your mind, like micro experiences, like in a social setting, like no one verbally said to me, oh, I didn't realize you were tabling. Like, it's just, it's, I mean, in an event like that, where there's hundreds of people and mm-hmm. there's 50 tables to look at, it's, you have to make a thousand split second decisions. Right. And so just having that visual cue that That's I'm disabled true. and you should come to me and not yeah. make me stand up and walk to you, I think would really help. So anyways, there's a lot of talking about a wheelchair, but I do have hopes that, you know, I don't expect that we're going to hit it by June. It took us six months to raise not even that much money this year. So I don't expect we'll get there unless the community grows in some amazing way. I can't perceive right now, but, and I would be honored if we did it by June so that I could take the chair to pride. It would be amazing. Well, you know, that's the reason to get the money by June, to get the chair by June, So maybe you just need help socializing that and then doing a Twitch stream to raise that money for that particular stream. You know, how far away are you? We're at about 400 out of 2,500. So we need 2,100 still. Yeah, that sounds like an event you need to have for yourself. And would would really love to help you. So just got to get the spoons to coordinate it. Maybe someone on your team could do that. You mean not me managing everything for every stream like I have always done? I mean, what a great idea. It's really, it just came off the top of my head. Let me know. Send me an email. (laughs) Derbyoster at gmail.com. Send me an email. If you want to wrangle that, I would love, I I want all the help I can get. I just don't always know how to ask or who to ask because I don't know what skills people have. So, you know, I do my best to do that spidering, but people have to mention that they have skills. Yeah. Rosa, I need to clone myself like four times. I hear you. Rosa is extremely multi-talented and overcommitted already with everything that she gets up to. And it's amazing. Rosa Ilva, Rosa underscore Y-L-V-A. Go follow Rosa on Twitch. There you go. There's your shout out. What are some of the biggest successes that the Meowster Clouder community has experienced? Oh, that's such a great question. There's a bunch. Hold on to your, hold on to your butts, everybody. So we had a Trans Day of Remembrance stream. We've done one every year for the last three years. 
And this year, our peak viewership hit 117 organically. That's without a bunch of raids. We did have some raids, but like, you know, the only other time my viewership has been anywhere near that is a Twitch partner rated in with like 300 people. And so to have not anything like that, just regular like five, 10, 20 person raids that I get on an like as an average daily basis, to have our concurrent viewership hit 117 was a big deal. It's never happened wow. before. Uh, you know, I, I, there was a significant amount of advertising ahead of time. I tried really hard. I think the day before TDOR, I was on my computer for 17 hours. Like I was working all week to get the word out. I've been talking about it on stream for a month. So, you know, I can't pull that off for every stream. There's no way. But, you know, when I really throttle the pay attention to me button and really get a hold of all the people that care about me and say, there's this thing you should care about. We hit 117. And I think last year was in around 54. So it's doubled. Our viewership doubled for that event, That's which is amazing happen. because yeah. we're spreading awareness about like trans hate and how hard it is to be trans. And we also raised over $700 for Atlas that day because yes. we, we screened your film and all yes. those people got to see your wonderful film that you made yeah. ordinary. Thank you so much for that too. And it's going to be in its first festival this week in Brazil. So hopefully people have similar reactions that everybody else had on Twitch a couple of weeks ago. That'd be great. You saw it, Rosa. Oh, that's so good. Oh, yeah. thank you, Rosa. Congratulations. Congratulations on being in the show. Atlas's film is good. I agree. Trash can wolves. Thank you. So another win that we've had is, you know, we have people on the show and we talk about resources all the time. So there's not only like the Solidarity Resources Discord, um, but there's also just the guests on the show. We have people running these great organizations. You know, you got to interview Aiden Dowling. I realized recently Aiden is much fancier than I realized when we booked him. He's you got check that? marks on all the social platforms. No, I mean, Juice, Juice found Aiden, was like, hey, here's an idea. I was like, sure. And then whatever was happening that day, I couldn't be there at all. So I was like, well, right. I guess. Like, I don't That was the first show I did. I know. I didn't have the time to research and put it all in my brain because, I mean, I'm constantly, I do the show every week. Like, yeah. it's just, for me, it's just another week. And anyways, but yeah, I realized like a week or two, I was like, oh, dang, Aiden's actually even cooler than I realized. Aiden runs two organizations. One is the Trace app, which is very cool. You can download it on your phone. It's basically social media for trans people. Yeah, I have um, it. It's wonderful. I have it too. It's great. And then Aiden also runs Point of Pride, which is this nonprofit that also does a ton of funding for trans stuff. I just applied. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. And that cool resource we made about trans grants, I'm going to do a command in the server. I'll put it in the show notes for folks later. Yeah, anyway. it was up earlier. I opened it up earlier. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. I remember seeing Aiden in 2018 mimicking, um, the guy who fronts Maroon 5. And I remember thinking, oh my God, that's what you can look like if you transition. And it was like another cornerstone moment for me as as well as watching Mr. Angel with Buck Angel. So so yeah, that was it was really cool to interview and for that to be the first interview. And we had so many problems like setting it up and he was very kind. So that was great. Yeah. So yeah, no, I didn't realize how cool Aiden was. I love that you got to talk to Aiden. I'm a little sad that I didn't get to also talk to Aiden because now Aiden doesn't necessarily know me from Adam. Oh. So it's like that 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 piece of the web is missing. It's like, oh, it's because you were like, oh yeah, we've been talking on DMs and Instagram or whatever. I'm like, oh, I don't get to do that. 
Oh, just email. Yeah, I'll try. I think I've tried a little bit, but I'll, I could try harder. It is wonderful. But that's, I mean, that's just one example of a bunch. Like we also had Spencer from Little Petal Alliance on and, you know, a combination of having Spencer on the show to talk about it, making right. social media posts about the binder program that they have and posting that through Solidarity Resources, which goes to over 11,000 people, right? If you look at the Trans Community Center server and my server and the transverse. And even if you just count those, you don't count all the people with servers I don't know are following that channel. That's 11,000 people. The two weeks following that episode and us publishing that information, Spencer had a year or two's worth of applicants for binders and had to temporarily close the program. Like is going to fulfill all the orders that came in, but stop taking new applications because there's a great need. And so it's like, you know, this platform we're building, I mean, I don't think it was only us, but we helped like this platform we're building is actually making it so that all of these trans resources are getting a big enough platform they can be heard about. So these other folks running these nonprofits, running these entities that are creating these resources can focus on that. And they don't have to also figure out how do we get the word out? Cause it's somehow me and everyone who's involved with me has figured out how to make the engine that pushes that information out. So, you know, I've already mentioned this, but the community has been very generous this year. That's another one of our big successes. The mutual aid for the mod that was short on rent, the mutual aid we came up with for you, for your gender affirming surgeries and stuff. Yeah. Um, the marathon stream last weekend, you know, we finally finished that kayak goal we set back in June. This community has done other like charity events and all of that. So yeah, it's powerful to see. I've also, we've talked about this some already, but I've met a lot of amazing folks on the show. Some have become dear friends. Some are collaborators with me now. Like you, you were my co-host because you're on the show and we vibed. And it that was still fun. blows my mind that you asked me to do that. I was like, what? My friends were like, yeah, that sounds normal. I'm like, no, that doesn't. What's wrong? What's wrong with me? How did I get chosen? I'm literally just a person in my house wearing kitty slippers. I'm not fancy. <laughs> literally, how did you know I have kitty slippers? You are you here? I'm talking about my kitty slippers. Kitty slippers. God, they look like Nefertiti. What's going on? They were on my throne, and someone got them for me. Oh, I think it was Ray. It was a very what sweet a good guy. friend. Nice. Yeah. nice. So yeah, I mean. Yeah, I've already talked about all of this, the, the book and the all of that. It's just, it's been so amazing to see all the ways, all the networking and the connections and all of that. But I think the biggest success is the hardest one to quantify. What's that? The community on Discord. Mm -hmm. I can't, I cannot, I will never be able to count how many people discovered that they were trans or pansexual or plural or ultra human or ADHD, autistic neurodivergent in some other way, like disabled in peace with those identities because of this community of care that we have been collectively building for the last two and a half years. Like, wow, you know, I can't count it. I can't because everyone doesn't tell me some people will, and I'm honored when they do. And if that's part of your story, I'd love to hear it sometime, but you know, I just, you can't put a number on that. You also can't put a price on that, right? No. Like it's given for fun and for free. If people have the resources to share, please do. But like, I don't want to lock the community behind a paywall. Yeah. That's not, that's not interesting to me. I want mm -hmm. it. I want the people who need it the most to have access to it. And so right. for those who, who have the means to give, many have, and thank you so much. All of the, all the current supporters, like, you know, you helped us get this far. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't exist without all the people who've contributed along the way. But yeah, it's amazing. Like, I don't know. How do you like, it's, 
people, trans people dream about having a magic wand they can wave and they're just magically the right body, the right gender or whatever. Right. But in order to even start to have those dreams, it really helps to be in a community of people who have done it. So yeah, the wand takes longer. It's like how I said, I'm going through the slowest werewolf transformation of all time. But like, you know that something is possible when you see someone who has that identity succeeding and thriving. And it's not just me succeeding and thriving. It's all of the people, all the trans elders, all the folks who are plural and not in some sort of mental institution, right? Mm -hmm. Who are able to manage their plurality and or DID. It's not always the same. Not all plural people are dissociative identity disorder or OCD or whatever it is. And so like by seeing other adults who are thriving with these diverse identities, we can let go of the fear of being those things. And we can actually, we can actually start to embrace our identities, which means we can learn about ourselves. We can get the resources we need to cope. And just like when I was freaking out about being autistic, like having an identity label doesn't actually change who I am. It's just always been true. Right. But seeing other adults flourish and thrive and be okay, even if they're autistic, even if they're disabled, is like, it creates those possibility dreams for everyone else coming along. And so having a community with those who've walked the path and those who are just starting and those who don't know they're about to start, like, you don't have to be scared by yourself. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You can be scared and loved and supported and validated and you can get through it together. Right. I'm like crying seeing this right now. Like, yes, that's why I get out of bed in the morning. That's why I sit here obsessively for eight to 16 hours a day is like, that is priceless. It saves lives. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Lives. And, you know, (laughs) that's more important than eight hours of sleep to me. (laughs) Like, I mean, we could have less names on that list on TDOR. That would be great. And this show is a contributor to that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Alice. I, that's touching. Um, yeah. You want to talk a little bit now? It's a perfect segue into creating a community that cares. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? That is what I talked about just now. Okay. Yeah. That's our biggest achievement is creating that community that cares. That's fantastic. What are your hopes for the future of the clouder? I have at least three. Okay. Probably if you ask me in a week, I'll have more, I'm sure. But (laughs) as of this recording, it would be amazing to, my personal hope is that we hit the wheelchair goal. And I've already explained why that's important. Having that done by pride would be really amazing that I don't expect that. I don't think we will. And there's just enough brats listening. Maybe we will, because I don't think we will. I genuinely don't like, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. Prove me wrong. Please do. It would be amazing. I would absolutely, I would, I'm still crying, but I would cry some more. (laughs) Gratitude. I would cry with gratitude. You know, another hope that I have is I'm trying to figure out there's a new feature on discord where you can have subscriptions and I don't want to lock any like important critical current features behind a paywall at all. And I want to make it easy for people who have the means to support the community who are willing, even if it's a dollar, even if it's five, even if it's a hundred dollars, whatever, you know, a problem that is looming in the near future is we can only have 14 people on the Pally GG. And I've already contacted the software developers and they've said, no, we can't add more than 14. And this team has 17, but not all of those people want to get paid. And some of them aren't 
you know, contributing in an ongoing way. They did it once and maybe it was a commission and I paid them directly. But eventually I'm going to need the Discord mods to be paid from Discord money and Twitch mods be paid by Twitch money and the like editors and social media people to be paid maybe out of Patreon. And so I need to restructure all of that. But that means I need enough income coming in on those different platforms that they can all support the people that are doing all of that activity. So, you know, even if you are giving on one platform, maybe consider splitting up across multiple so that all those different places are getting it. And I, I've gotten stuck on this, like, what's your business account, tax, paperwork, blah, blah, specific, blah, blah, on getting the Discord subscriptions figured out. That's part of why we have co-working streams the last two, two weeks of this month. So I can do all of this admin stuff that's boring, but needs to get done. And I just don't have time in a regular production week to get it done. So we're going to, we're going to do a bunch of getting caught up at the end of the year stuff for the last two weeks. That's why I've canceled some of my guest appearances. Plus people need to spend time with their families. And I don't want to make a bunch of work for folks when they need to be like, you know, doing Christmas, Yule, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, New Year's other holidays go here, like all of the holiday stuff that happens at the end of December. So my, my biggest dream, my, my like pie in the sky, I don't know where that phrase is from. My, my outrageous dream that I dare to dream is that we will make enough money as a group that we can pay a bunch of disabled, neurodivergent, neurodivergent people living wages with good benefits. And that entity that exists would go on to push out all of these resources that we're already making and finding. We'd push it out on a bigger platform so more people can hear it and know about it. And that we can continue to do all of these mutual aid activities. Imagine if we got big enough that we could lobby for like national and international health reform. Imagine if we got big enough to do that. Imagine if we didn't need to do mutual aid for trans surgeries anymore because Affordable Care Act got passed and included all the trans stuff, including all the WPATH 8 or beyond. And you could be non-binary and get your surgeries and you don't have to pretend to be like binary trans. Like imagine if we got big enough, we could do that. I want to do that to like partner with the transverse in making retirement communities for like aging trans people. So they are treated with respect and dignity in their final years and not mistreated by their caregivers. Like, you know, there's Mm -hmm. all of these big things that Mm -hmm. if we, if this community and this series of projects in a trench coat, like got enough clout behind us, we could really throw our weight around and do some big, important, positive things. Oh, I feel you so hard on that. That's what I'm trying to do with Beautiful Boy. Like I realized over the weekend, it's not just a film. It's not just a web series. It's a movement. Yeah. And so is Genderfall. And I think that's why we're so suited for each other because we're doing a movement and we are lucky enough to have people that care about us deeply enough to help us with this movement because maybe they can't see our vision, but they love us enough to support us. So. I feel that, like, I feel all of that because I've been thinking about those very same things with the work that I'm doing too. Yeah. And everyone, Atlas has a website you can subscribe on now. I what do. Is it, 11 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month? Are well, I have, I have two plans. And after hearing you today, I think I might put in a third plan. And so I have monthly plans that you can subscribe to. It's like Patreon, but it's on my own website. 
And one, I think I may actually put a subscription for a dollar. I do have one for $4, a monthly plan for $4 and one for $11. The plans are the same. It's just maybe someone wants to do $11 a month because they can, and someone can only do four months, $4 a month. And I might actually do like a one or $2 one, because that might be helpful for people that are like, I want to contribute, but I need to keep it affordable and a dollar is affordable. And it's like, it would help me get equipment. It helps me get memory cards. It helps me with my projects. And so, you know, a dollar is a dollar. So, yeah. 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 And like, it's back to that thing I was saying about, even if it's just a little bit show up for the people in your community, because if you give 30 people a dollar, like that's 30 people's projects being supported by you. And if enough people give a dollar, like imagine. Right. That's the thing. That's the thing, you know, and it's like, you have to give everything. You just have to give a little bit in all the places that count. That's right. I mean, that's the thing, like the thing that I was telling you about the event that I want to do next next month or in February, 5% of our makings or earnings are going to three to five different trans non-binary organizations in town to like help with youth and to help with no homeless youth and that kind of thing. And so it's just like, you know, this isn't just about, oh, let's have a night for us. Let's get back to the community. And it's just very much like what you're doing with Genderfall and all the other projects behind the trench code, you know, so it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And so what other projects are you working on right now? I know we're getting really close to time, so I'll try to keep it brief, but I'm working. I just joined the Disabled Content Creators Collective. Mm -hmm. We are planning mutual aid streams for 2023. So we're going to be working collaboratively and collectively to help disabled people get access to things they need, which maybe includes accessibility aids, like how I'm doing this thing for a wheelchair. I don't necessarily think it's going to be me. I hope it's someone black or indigenous instead of me like that would actually be more important. It's a BIPOC forward team and absolutely black and indigenous people need access to that more than I do. I'm lucky to have this team, this stream, this team, this community that's supporting me. And I think we'll get there, you know, so let's help the black trans person who's on the street, who doesn't have this kind of community, this kind of internet access, this kind of security. Home. Yeah. Home. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're doing that work. I'm getting chills just talking about it. We're doing that work. It's important. <laughs> It's constant. We're all disabled, so we're also tired. So I don't know when to tell you because we're tired. The other entity is a stream team that I tried to start this year, but realized I I didn't have the capacity yet. And so, you know, it'd be cool to build that capacity in the next six to 18 months. Gender Federation, like I own the domain name. (laughs) We haven't built the website yet, but I own the domain name. But Gender Federation is a stream team whose goal is to do direct mutual aid for trans people. So the fundraising that we did for Atlas and TDOR was technically a gender federation activity. It's a team of me right now. There were, I don't know, six to 10 to 11 people that signed up. But when I moved and moved into my house in April, I kind of took my foot off the gas and everything fell apart. So, I mean, that's another reason I'm kind of obsessive with not slowing down is because people wander off when I slow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I lose everything and then... You know, I honestly, I don't know if I have the energy to build this again from scratch. I don't know if I could. I'm tired. I mm-hmm. don't think I could start over. Right. I, mean, I would valid. definitely need some time off before starting over. I don't know if I have it in me, though. It's a lot. It is. And I don't have, you know, unemployment coming in now like I did for those first six months. So anyways, so so Gender Federation, it's a dream. You know, one iterance of it that I will shortly announce because we have a stream coming up on Thursday. And if you're hearing this VOD on Friday and you're like, I missed it, don't worry. We're going to put the video on YouTube as well. We are doing a training on what even is the social media platform called Mastodon and how do I use it? 
Oh, great. Um, so the educational piece will be probably 20 to 30 minutes. We'll take questions from the audience. If you have questions about it now, you can send it in the AMA channel on my Discord server. You could try to DM it to me. I may not see it in time. It's better if you put it in Discord because then more people see it and can do something about it. But one hope I have is that a little pile of trans folks and our allies are going to make up an iterance for Mastodon. And it is going to be subscription-based. And the point of that is because of how Mastodon works, it's all decentralized. It's not Twitter, big data, owning your information so you get it for free. It's like a bunch of us sitting in our houses, networking our computers together. It's a decentralized internet. It's a totally different dream. It's totally anarchist and completely Please. difficult to rip down because it's grassroots. It's everywhere. It can't be taken down by one big governmental entity because it's thousands, millions of us in our homes. Like they can't get all of us. <laughs> So, wow. so it's like this really radical thing and we're not doing ads and we're not selling data and stuff. And so somehow we have to pay for the hardware and the software that makes the computer go so that we can all talk to each other. So my plan for that is well, subscriptions, it's only going to be like one to $2. It's not going to be a big amount, but any money we make over the hosting fees is going to go into the Jenner Federation's mutual aid activity. Okay. So all these trans people that need surgery grants. So basically you're going to sign up for social media, pay a buck or two, probably two, or maybe we'll have signing scale and have both options, but anything over, I'm not taking home. That's not, I'm not using that for cat food. Like that's going to go to some trans person's medical care. So for me, if I, if someone else built this and I just heard about it, I'd be like, yeah, take $5, take 30. Like I'm into <laughs> it. Like I would be super excited. So, right. so Maybe Gender Federation isn't a stream team. Maybe I'm just on disabled content creators as a stream team and Gender Federation is this Mastodon thing. And like, we're still giving money to trans people for surgery. I don't care the method of requiring the money. I just want to give trans people money to have the surgery they need so that they can survive and thrive. Right. Yeah. That's important. That's important. What Anyways, kind of support? That's on the horizon. Yeah. Oh, what kind of support do you need to make these projects come to fruition? Yeah. Financial um, engagement and contributors. Yeah, I have mentioned this and I will say it all again now concisely. So we need support on Patreon. We need support on Ko-Fi. You can subscribe on both of those. Soon we're going to have Discord subscriptions you can also engage with. You know, one-time contributions are great, but what I need is consistent money so that I know I can pay the people that are showing up every week and every month. I also need engagement. So on YouTube, we're at 717 out of 1,000. Once we hit 1,000, we can actually monetize on YouTube. Because we'll hit YouTube fantastic. partner, which is a big deal. I've been yes. at it for two and a half years and we've gone from zero to 717. I need another basically 300 people to go just hit the subscribe button. It's free. It doesn't cost you money. It costs you about two seconds, five seconds of time. That link is also in the show notes. You can just click it. And so you can help us get our, the other thing with that is we need to get our watch hours up so we can monetize. So, you know, if you love this show and you can't make it live, um, yeah, you can listen on the podcast, but if you like the video component, like we, we put a lot of effort into having captions, having overlays that look nice, like getting to actually see the guest and like, then you get to see facial expressions and fun purple plaid outfits and whatever else we're wearing. So, you know, Alice's handsome face, you know, watch, watch it on YouTube. You could play it on YouTube and mute the tab and just have it constantly running on your computer and not even watch it. And it still counts for YouTube's algorithm. Like if you just want your, like, instead of farming cryptocurrency, you could just have my YouTube channel playing on some playlist, playing on repeat in the background on your computer at home, and it will still count. 
it'll still count. That's what I, I have mean, to do. You have to care enough to think about that and then actually do it. But you know, it's technically that is a way you could support. It doesn't cost you money except for maybe the electricity. So that's another option. And you know, other ways to engage is help us get the word out for the resources that we're generating. So like, if you realize that we forgot to put our name on something, remind us like, hey, that's, or if you see it in the wild and you know, we did it, tell the poster like, hey, you need to credit Gender Meowster. You need to credit the Gender Meowster's Clatter community. Like, you know, I'm hoping we're going to get better with the social media and the branding and maybe we need to make a third social media. I don't really want to. It's so much work, but maybe we do for this specific thing. But I don't know. I already have like almost 3000 people following my Twitter. I'd rather just use the platform I've already built. So because right. uh, I'm tired and disabled and I don't get less disabled just because we have great ideas. And so it's like, <laughs> that leads me to the last major way you can support. I need more help. You know, I need writers for the solidarity resource team. I need like more mods for Twitch and Discord. We always need more mods. You know, today we identified, I need grant writers. Apparently I probably need some sort of like business consultant or someone who can help us with that more legal paperwork stuff. It's, you know, I have these great ideas and I still only just went to seminary as grad school. Like. I haven't learned more about business in the meantime. So, you know, if you're excited about this, but you're not super social, but you're really good at reading technical stuff. Like there's also these times when like we did the WPATH activism, we did Title IX activism, these big, like we do little parts of lobbying in addition to everything else. And so when these big political laws are being considered, like we, we comment on them, we spend time, we spend, you know. 13 to 20 hours preparing for a three hour or six hour stream, two, three hour streams where we're writing these comments live on stream. And so, you know, and then we compress that down into a concise little social media post that gets passed around on the different platforms that tells people, okay, you don't have to spend the 30 hours we just spent. You can spend five minutes doing this thing we're asking you to do, and it's going to make a huge impact. And so like, you know, I need people to read that technical stuff and give me advice or be on the stream with me and talk about it. Like, I'm happy to share my channel and platform, come talk on my show and explain stuff to people. Like I love having guests who have really a lot of experience with their special interests. And we could switch from an interview format to you doing a lecture and us being amazed at your brains. Like that's fine with me. Right. Done That'd it before. Be great. Again, you know, one time Spires came on and talked for some number of hours, did 30 hours of research and preparing ahead of time, but did this great presentation about plurality. And just in depth, all the, all this different stuff, super, super complex. So, you know, basically if you want to do a Ted talk on my show, like reach out to me, you know, my email address, like I want to do it. I want to collaborate and get your like helpful, useful information out there. I just need to know you exist. Reach out What's to me. What's my email address again? Gender meowster at gmail.com. I like the way Better that than TEDx. Thanks, Spires. <laughs> is there anything we missed about the Clouder community or other projects that you'd like to make sure you say? Join the Discord. It's awesome. It I is. mean, you already heard it in the intro, but discord.gg forward slash meowster, where we hit tier three of like Discord Nitro supporty, whatever the little boost things are. So we have a vanity URL, they call it. So it's really easy. Tell your friends. If you're excited about this, text three trans people you know and tell them about this discord server like if you're in the server you're going to see all the announcements about all this other stuff we're up to it's really like you know we don't have a mailing list we have the discord server so you know probably should have a mailing list but if you want to write my mailing list great <laughs> let me know <laughs> i can't write those emails someone should i'm not doing it you know it's just you know the more ways we could connect that's 
decentralized, right? Because Twitch, YouTube, social media, you can get your account taken away and deplatformed on any of those at any time. Right. But when we have Discord and we have each other's phone numbers and we have these other ways of being in connection, mm-hmm. you know, we can stay in connection even as fascism continues to rise. Right. So there's the content warning about politics, right? Sliding it in at the end. So <laughs> anyways, yeah. Can you share an experience with gender euphoria? Yeah. I was on a voice call with someone the other day and I was hearing like garbly distorted noises. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, is your male partner in the room like talking to you? My friend was like, no, I'm home alone right now. And I was like, wait, that's my voice like coming back through the mic. Like I realized that this distorted sound was actually me. I thought it was some dude. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm some dude has been identified. It's you. <laughs> some dude. Master. <laughs> Instead of like some pig in Scarlet's Web, some dude. (laughs) (laughs) So also the shirt makes me feel extremely handsome. Thank you to my wife, Jans Capybara, for knowing my taste and getting me the perfect shirt for this interview today. It is so hard to know someone's taste. That's like, that's a skill. That's a serious skill. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What would you like to make sure folks know about your perspective on gender and non-binary trans issues? Your identities can change over time. And you're valid every step of the way. If you think you're gender diverse, you are gender diverse. And there's no social or medical prerequisites to be part of the community. And it's really important to engage in mutual aid efforts. Even if it's $1 or $5, it means a lot. And you should do it as often as possible. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time today, Gender. I really appreciate it. Atlas. Oh, no problem. No problem. I'm a long-winded hacker. I'm so, so am I. <laughs> it's amazing. I feel like I haven't friends. talked enough. Like my ego's like, I haven't talked enough. Can I talk now? <laughs> like, be calm, be calm. It's your ADHD. It's okay. You know, so it's like that kind of thing. Gender Meowster, they, them, is the founder of this podcast and general ringleader of the Clouders shenanigans. I can't tell you how many times I've used that word since I've met you. You can find out more about all the things they're talking about and more they likely forgot. I see that's written in there at Linktree slash Gender Meowster. Socials are Twitter uh, forward slash Gender Meowster, Instagram Gender Meowster, Mastodon.social at Gender Meowster. And resources for today's show notes. Oh, is this Lauren Deborah's podcast? Okay, thank you. Because I was Link like, what? For the throne. We'll throw in the link for Plural Kit, which is that bot for Plural folks on Discord. Perfect. We'll include the info on the trans surgery grants that the Solidarity Resources team spent hours researching. There's like nine grants that opened on November 1st. There's another grant actually that opened on December 1st, 11 days ago. And enough of us either have COVID or are completely burnt out. We haven't gotten an additional post out about it, but there's there's even more resources that are available now than when we first put this announcement out. So okay. that'll all be in the show notes. That's great. That's great. And here is this week's cloud or query that you can answer on our social media platforms. The query is on a photo on my phone, but hold on. it's about community. It's about what's your favorite piece of community. Okay. While you dig that up, can I go into the coming soon and community updates? Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Coming soon. The next Jennifer guest will be Mac Scotty McGregor, he, him on January 9th. That's going to be our next show. And we are discussing positive masculinity. Thank God. Okay. Thank goodness. All right. Community updates. No guests for the remainder of this year. Jennifer is giving people time to rest and enjoy the holiday season.
And here comes the question. The query question. What do you want the most out of community experiences and spaces? That's your query, your clouder query that you can answer on our social medias. We'd love to hear that answer from you. Thank you so much. Gender, thank you so much for your time today. Mirami, thank you for producing in the background. Thank you all for showing up today. And we are going to sign out with our brand new outro that I put together. I think it was early this morning or yesterday. I don't even remember. It just was a blur. All a blur. <laughs> Genderful would like to thank our guests for being on this podcast. If you'd like to catch us live, join us on Mondays at twitch.tv forward slash gendermaster. Show notes will appear in the edited version of the show on Fridays on both YouTube and podcasting platforms. If you have a question you would like the host to answer or are gender diverse and would like to request an interview, please send an email to genderfulpodcast at gmail.com or sign up via the website at genderfulpodcast.com. As a gender diverse community, The Clutter wants to assure our listeners that we are prepared to moderate our spaces. We will get positive and negative feedback on these shows and topics, and we have a moderation team on our channels, socials, and Discord server ready to deal with this. Please join our Discord server at discord.gg forward slash meowster to meet the community and get a regular digest of solidarity resources. You can also support us with subscriptions on Patreon, following and reviewing us on your favorite podcasting platform, or engaging with our posts and content on social media at Jennifer Pod and Gender Meowster. If you could take a few moments to also rate the show, we will post any five-star reviews on our socials, so get creative. Mention a special interest of your own, a project you're working on, or even say hi to your comfort person in your review. What power? This show is made possible by volunteers, tips, and subscriptions. Shout out to those helping us coordinate guests, edit the podcast, moderate the live chat, and post on our socials. Artist credit for Jennifer. Jennifer's theme song is called Hope by Free Range Megs, aka Soma. The Gender Master logo was designed by That's Barnaby and edited with consent by Trans Griffin. Jennifer's pre-show is wrangled by Juice Tex. Genderful is edited and mixed by Trans Griffin and Alexis Fandom. Genderful's social media is managed by Queer to Help. Genderful is hosted by Atlas O. Phoenix and Gender Meowster. Genderful is the intellectual property of Gender Meowster. All rights reserved. Trans rights are human rights. That's right. That's right.